0: You're listening to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. This is KNVC 95.1 FM. I did an interview with Isaac from Happy Campers. I'm just going to jump right into it. Brought back a lot of awesome memories. Hour one, interview. Hour two, we'll get into a bunch of tunes. Isaac from Happy Campers. Enjoy.
1: What got you into punk rock? Do you remember? Well, I kind of started. My dad was a, a folk musician. So he got me a guitar, and I really oh, okay. wasn't really wasn't into it. Yeah. Um. So I threw it in my closet, and then that was about when I was seventeen. And then when I was eighteen, I kind of started writing a little bit. Yeah. And then I realized, hey, I can, you know, I got into bands like Nirvana and Green Day and whatnot, yeah. and started learning. I was like, hey, I want to. My buddy taught me how to play some of the songs, and. I had been writing at that point and didn't really, you know, I didn't know if I was like a poet or songwriter <laughs> yeah. or what, but right. I just started writing. And then when I picked up the guitar and just kind of learned three chords and started making my own songs. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I started. And then uh, I moved down. After I graduated, I went to, out to Ohio State. Uh, my dad lives in Ohio, and I lived with uh-huh. him for a little bit, started writing, and... uh I decided it wasn't for me out there. So I came back to California and went down to, my buddy was going down to San Luis Obispo. So I moved down there for a year and a guy I met, you know, I had only really heard like Green Day and Bad Religion and like Nirvana. And he started giving me like no use and, you know, all the fat records bands and some other stuff. And so I just kind of fell in love with it and, you know, just kept writing my own stuff didn't really yeah. ever think i'd be in a band but i was that's just what i like to do yeah write and sing and then i moved out to vegas and saw an ad for a bass player and a guitar player looking for a drummer and a singer and my best friend at the time was like drumming on um, like ice cream buckets yeah <laughs> filled with like <laughs> rice you know he yeah he was asian so he had like lots of buckets of rice <laughs> and yeah. he was, he got some drumsticks <laughs> and he would play on that yeah. And uh, we just, you know, he'd play along to my songs and then really didn't have any inkling of being in a band, but I was picking up strings and saw an ad for that and found our first uh, other guitar player and bass player, and we all hung out and started playing songs and had a great time and kind of worked out that they had no experience like we had so we all were kind of on the same boat you know had i ran into some guys that were like seasoned musicians they probably would have laughed at me but just kind of worked (laughs) out we were all on the same page none of us knew what we were doing but we all just liked hanging out and having fun and writing songs so worked out good
0: so you were you lived in san louis for a bit
1: so i went to high school i was a navy brat so i was i started out in michigan ohio and then my mom moved us to San Diego when I was in eighth grade. So I did eighth uh-huh. and ninth grade in San Diego and then I was up in the bay for graduated up there. Wow. And then went down to San Luis Obispo for a year. And I yeah. uh was I was into art quite a bit. So yeah. I tried to get into San Luis Obispo. I was actually going to Cuesta, which is the community college by San Luis Obispo. Gotcha. And uh, I didn't get into San Luis Obispo because I had like a 3.4, and you had to have like a 3.8. And I'm That's like, Cal Poly, right? Yeah. I'm like, what artist yeah. has a 3.8? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. luckily, UNOV uh, you know, standards were way less. So then I came out to yeah. Las Vegas and been here That's ever cool. since.
0: That's cool. My dad went to Cal Poly.
1: Nice. I absolutely nice. love that area. Yeah, and, me too, man. You know, like it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, you got all the wineries, breweries. Lots yeah, of fun cool. stuff. Beaches are nice, not too crowded.
0: Yeah. So, when you were getting into punk rock, do you did you were you going to shows at all? Do you remember any any shows that you went to?
1: Yeah, so I had my first show when I was in San Luis Obispo, like first punk rock show. Um man, who was it? Um they did that cover of uh, and I would walk 500 miles um, down by law. Down by law. So the first show yeah. I ever saw that was like a, a full-blown Punk rock show was down by law.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Who I thought
1: was pretty good, but the band that opened for him was called Punkin or Drunken Public. Yeah, and they were from Cal Poly, and they they blew me away. I was like, man, these guys are awesome. And so,
0: was it? um, God, when I was in the Bay, I we played with a band a lot called Drunken Public, but the the guitar player was from England. Is that the same band? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We
1: ended it, up playing with them like 15 years later and they yeah. weren't like really that good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they, you know, had lost a lot of members or if yeah. maybe just yeah. at the time, you know, I was so yeah. inexperienced that they blew me away. Yeah. But I mean, they were they were nice. I mean, I don't yeah, talk yeah. bad about anybody, but. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: So it was down by law and drunk in public.
1: Well, yeah. So that was the first show. And then I was like, yeah, Man, this is awesome. And then yeah. I really probably didn't see too much more punk rock and Shortly after, like six months later, I was in Vegas. Oh, okay. And when I met up with the uh, other guys, that's when I discovered, like, the Huntridge, and they yeah. were doing shows at, like, Benway, at the record store out there, Benway Bop. And so yeah. we would go to shows, like, every, you know, every show that was possible, we would go every to. Every
0: chance you got.
1: Yeah, and then we were trying that's to, cool. you know, hey, can our band play, you know, trying to get our yeah. band on shows, so.
0: So when you, <coughs> was was the first band that you started Happy Campers?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how did that come about? You guys just started jamming and all so, of a sudden like, I said, like, we my, need to my, start a band.
1: Uh, My best friend from high school would just kind of play along to me. I had started writing songs and he would play along to me on the ice cream buckets filled with various levels of rice or flour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would, you know, he'd break them and whatnot. So. Who and was that? We, uh, and so that was my best friend, um. Lindy, okay, and so we we actually started Happy Campers as a four piece. Um, we yeah. met um, Eric and Ben were they were in still in high school. We were like nineteen and twenty, and they were like you know eighteen or whatever. They were just getting ready to finish high school. This is in '96, I think. Yeah, and uh, so we all started that whole summer. We practiced like every day. You know, we needed a lot of practice. <laughs> Right. But we just had I mean, that's just what we did. We'd practice and we'd hang out, watch movies or yeah. you know, do whatever. Um and we eventually started getting on a few shows and you know, we had we just had we were having a blast. We had so much fun with it. We actually are nobody really put us on a show. We would go play at um this park and they had like a little amphitheater. And we yeah. just set up our stuff there and told our friends. Really? We're like, hey, we're going to play here. So we and did there was it. was like electricity there? Yeah, they had plugs. <laughs> so we did it the that's first awesome. time, and it worked out great. Everyone came. Yeah. We played. And we're like, yeah. oh, we should do that again. And then we did it again, and then the cops came. And oh, the man. cop was actually cool. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I, you can't do this. <laughs> He's like, well, you guys <laughs> sounded good, which you know was oh, probably a cool. lie. But yeah. um, it was fun. Um, yeah. So we did that so a you- few times, and then our... Um, I was working at Monte Carlo as a lifeguard and one of the Uh girls that we were hanging out with, um, was like kind of in the scene. She knew everybody and she got us onto this downhill skate show that like had like 10 bands, like all the great bands of the time, you know, like, uh, non Oxidal nine and, uh, um, man, uh, Boba Fett youth. Yeah. And, uh, what was the big ska band? Attaboy Skip. So all these great bands played, you know, all the biggest bands in Vegas and then we got to yeah. open and and yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a blast and that, from there on then people started putting us on shows.
0: So you guys formed in 96? Yeah. And then did you guys you recorded uh a an out, Campfire Songs in 97, right?
1: Yeah, we recorded uh pretty early on, probably, you know, earlier than we should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you don't yeah. think, oh, yeah. you know, 25 years from now, I'm going to look back and wish I had put another six months into <laughs> working yeah. on this album. But, you just you know, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So... <laughs> So my buddy started getting into other stuff. It wasn't, like, drumming wasn't really his thing. He was kind of just doing it because I was doing it. Yeah. So, and our other guitar player was basically just playing all the stuff that I wrote. Yeah. So we were both playing the same thing. So we really didn't need two guitars because he wasn't. So, but it turned out he was a better drummer than our other drummer. (laughs) And then Was that Ernie? No, that was actually uh, Ben. Okay. And so... <clears throat> then then we recorded Campfire Songs. And we met Ernie at that show, the downhill show. He was playing yeah. in a band called Milk House oh, okay. with Ben, who I jam with now, and mm-hmm. Bill, who recorded on our last album. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's crazy, we've always, man. like, pulled in. Even though there's been many members, it's always been kind of like guys we knew yeah. that just kind of ended up, Well, oh, we need a guitar player now. Come yeah. on in, you know, so... <laughs> Um, so, so I met Ernie you... at that show, and I moved in with him shortly after that. Oh, okay. And then when Ben decided to uh, focus more on his college, because you know we were starting to do some little out of town shows and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And he wanted to focus on school, and then it kind of Ernie just jumped in on drums at that point. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. I remember. So you guys did you guys record that uh, that first uh, record yourselves?
1: We went to a studio. Um, the Nicole Sliger, who had Shoestring Records, yeah, um, very very early on, she liked us and was like, "Oh, you guys should put out an album." And she yeah. she put out the Boy Skip album, which was kind of huge, yeah. in Vegas at the time. For you know, they were the big ska band, yeah. Um, so she wanted to put us out, and they got us into the studio, and we basically recorded everything in like a day or two,
0: yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. So you you guys, um, when did you guys come to Reno and meet Even Ground? Yeah, I mean, so sh- I was I was around for that, and I remember you guys came once, and then the second time you came, you had a different drummer. So that must have been around this time. Yeah,
1: so I think Ben was still the drummer at that point. We, uh, our buddy Dave, who we practiced at his house all the time. Yeah, like we didn't. None of us had a place to practice, so we practiced that whole summer. At his parents' house, like mm-hmm. his mom was awesome because <laughs> yeah. we, we were terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we practiced almost every single day. And he sometimes yeah. he would jump in. He was a better musician than any of us. So he would mm-hmm. jump in. We'd start rapping. Like, you know, mm-hmm. my buddy Lindy was better at rapping than drumming. So <laughs> we'd we'd practice all my songs and then we'd start rapping or then we'd just yeah. do whatever. I mean, it was just hanging out like all day playing instruments. Yeah. And he moved up to Reno to go to college, and so we were kind of coming up to visit him, and AFI uh, was playing yeah. at, I don't even remember the place. Probably Del Mar. Maybe. That sounds... Something like that. So we called the the promoter, and we were like, hey, our show fell through. You know, we didn't have any show. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we were like, hey, can can we jump on the show? It was only them and Evenground, I believe. Yeah. And so she said, "Oh, okay, fine. You guys can play twenty minutes or whatever." So <laughs> we were like, "All right, cool." So yeah. our first show, we got to open for AFI, you know, oh, on man, our, on, cool. on the road. And the yeah. coo- the better, even the cooler part for that for me, like most people, that would be the biggest thing, open for AFI. But we yeah. met Evenground. Um, and we kicked it off with them right away. Like oh, they were okay. just awesome dudes. And yeah. so we started swapping shows with them. Yeah. We'd come up to Reno and play a gig with them. They'd come down to Vegas. You know, we'd hang out for the weekend, have fun. Yeah. Um and that kind of started how I figured out how we would tour. They yeah. were the first you know, we then we met like Boy Kicks Girl out in the yeah. bay. And we would do the same thing with them. We met bands in Colorado. And we just started swapping shows with everyone, and that was kind of like how we started touring. Yeah. And then eventually it was like, okay, let's go to the Bay, Reno, blah, 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 and we started doing big tours. But, yeah, in the beginning it was just kind of swapping shows and hanging out for the weekend.
0: So you guys played in the Greystone basement, right?
1: Yeah. So I I don't know if that was the second time we played up there.
0: I remember one – yeah, it was. I don't know. I remember seeing you guys twice. I didn't see the AFI show, but you guys played in the basement that I because I lived with uh, Pearl at that house.
1: Oh yeah, that, then, That's probably our second show down up there. Yeah, man.
0: and then I remember another show out on Fourth Street somewhere, and uh, yeah, so you guys played three times, right?
1: Oh, we played up there. A Ton a of times, so yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, it was I, like I remember, yeah, every remember couple months sure. we'd come up there, but yeah, those yeah. were great shows. That basement show was insane, yeah. I can't remember who was the other band that played.
0: I can't either, man. I'm gonna have to find the flyer. I, I know Jason's got a, they were, some of those flyers, they were pretty
1: big. They were like one of the first kind of emo style bands, like Punk Emo. Well,
0: I know Diesel Boy played in that basement, I know uh, Furious Four from San Diego played. Uh, Longfellow played.
1: Longfellow, that's who it was. Was it? Yeah, oh, that's the okay. one we played. So oh, it was gotcha. us and Even Ground and Longfellow.
0: Okay, then that means then you guys went to Warp Tour with us the next day, right? Yeah, and so we went yeah. to Warp
1: Tour. You know what? We went up there so many times; it's like all kind of yeah. blurs together, unfortunately. Now, but yeah, yeah, um, I got gotcha. you. It was we went to Warp Tour, but another time we went up there, and our buddy Dave, who was up there we played or we played and then the next day was like blank and um, pennywise and all yeah. these bands and it was like yeah. when it was snowing though i forget uh, what that Oh was.
0: that was like a snowcore tour or something like yeah. that i remember i remember that i didn't go to that
1: and he fell down the hill and he broke his collarbone like oh, mid show and then oh, he came God. back he got it like you know bandaged up and then we yeah. went in the pennywise pit and yeah. it was so insane. I had like an <laughs> asthma attack. I had oh, bad asthma, man. so I couldn't get oh. out of the pit. It was like the biggest pit I'd ever seen. <laughs>
0: oh God, that's crazy. But yeah yeah I had, remember and we remember went to warp tour quite a few times up there because yeah. they
1: never used to do warp Tour in Vegas. So yeah, we'd always no plan kidding. like let's play the night before warp tour so we can go to warp tour in Reno.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that we all we all rolled up there and yeah it was pretty cool. After this album, the Campfire songs, you guys started working on new material, and then you recorded... What was the next one?
1: Uh, S'morecore.
0: Two <laughs> morning, That was in 2000.
2: 2000, yeah. Okay. So
0: was... Your lineup, like, solidified by then, or was it still kind of...
1: No, you know, guys? unfortunately for me, I never really had a solid lineup. Okay. Um. So basically, all the guys in Campfire Songs, we were all on the same page. We were all having fun, and it yeah. was a great, like, two years, you know, with... And then um, Lindy left, and then Ben left, and then Irk wanted to come. He actually went to Reno, too. So I lost a lot of members to Reno, unfortunately. So I don't hmm. like Reno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always had fun there, though. But yeah, So totally. basically, after like a year, I kind of was like, man, I love doing this. This is my thing. Yeah. And it wasn't that way for everyone else in the beginning. So they went out, right. you know, they were worried about college, and and I kind of could care. I was going to college, but yeah. that was like secondary for me. Right. Because um, right. I was just... I mean, that's what I felt like I wanted to do for my life, you know? Yeah. And so then they all left, and then Ernie took over. Ernie was our drummer for a little bit while Eric was still in the band. And then when he decided to go up to Reno for college, um, Ernie is like a, you know, he's an awesome bass player and a yeah. pretty good drummer. Yeah. So he decided, well, why don't I jump on bass and we'll get a, another drummer? And then we kind of, yeah. you know, we got a lot better all of a sudden because the bass player was five times better and then we got a yeah. drummer that was five times better. Yeah. So, then we did uh some more Core, and that's when we really started touring a lot. Um, Who was the drummer? Vic. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and he did uh you know, he did the he was also a comic book artist. Yeah. So, he did a lo- he did the last album's artwork for uh, Oh, cool. Death and Mourning. So, right. I mean, everyone that's been in the band basically I'm still friends with and I still yeah. love them and you yeah. know they're all good friends but for some people it's just not you know going out on the road and being poor is not their thing so yeah and with <laughs> and so shortly after Smorecore yeah. um you know I I felt like okay now this is now we have the lineup and then shortly after Smorecore you know Vic had a kid he needed to make money to yeah. pay for her and we were trying to tour all the time yeah and Ernie had a job and like right after Smorecore, like I spent a ton of money, like maxed out my credit cards to record it, and then they both left before we played a show. <laughs> Ouch. So um yeah. then it was like, okay, now I got a second album out and I'm ten grand in debt and yeah. you know, what am I doing? Yeah. Am I wasting my time here? Yeah. And then I just kinda so I found some guys that wanted to go on tour and, you know, kind of punched in whoever I could that could play for like a year. And it was just really frustrating because, you know, I felt like we were at a certain level and then it was like just patchwork, plugging in whoever I could to to make the tour happen. And then uh, my buddy Gene, who went to high school with my wife, um, he came in and he was being our like uh, roadie. Yeah. And then one day he was like, hey, I want to play bass for you. And he had never played <laughs> bass before. Yeah. I was like, all right. But I got along with him great, and we had fun hanging out. And I was like, all right, yeah. let's teach you some bass. And then he picked it up. Just He was such a natural that right away he was blowing me away. So after like a nice. month, it was like, all right, you're going to be the bass player. And then we got another drummer, Logan, for a while. Yeah. And we had done a big tour with uh, Seven Foot Midget. Uh-huh who is my favorite local band and we we would do a lot of stuff with those guys we had a lot of fun with them yeah and, and their drummer jay um you know they kind of were all getting into college mode they're all really smart guys yeah and jay was like like us he wanted to you know he wanted to make a living at music yeah or at least you know concentrate on music and uh logan was having some issues so he filled in on a couple shows with him and he was like hey i want to you know join you guys and then yeah that's when we really took off and then we did the next two albums with that lineup the three of us and uh
0: so were you doing like bigger shows uh after like during the um s'more core or was it after that that started to
1: yeah we started decent shows i would say we were doing i mean the scene was really awesome at that time you know yeah even the local shows were like a hundred people yeah so we were playing every now and then we get to open for somebody at the Huntridge, like the Vandals or somebody. Yeah. Um. And so we got a few big shows here and there. And then like right around maybe like 2001, that's when everything was just going insane. And we were playing yeah. like the red, white, and booms and extreme things. Yeah. And just, you know, we were constantly playing shows. We were, we're pretty much out on the road every weekend or and then yeah. doing like a week here and there, two weeks here. So that's when the extreme things and we started playing shows in front of like 10,000 yeah. people. We did a yeah. Tony Hawk show. You know, Jeez, within those crazy. like two, three years, it was just a ton of insane shows to like yeah. five, 10,000 people. It was so awesome. Bright. We opened then- for Pennywise, uh, like a Rock the Vote at UMLB. Yeah. And there was like <laughs> 20,000 people there. It was just insane. Oh, my God.
0: So those are shows where you're like, okay, we got to keep this going. Like this is, this is big.
1: Yeah. I mean, at that point you figure, okay, we're on the right track here. You yeah. know, yeah. um, we're playing all these big shows and we played this extreme thing and we were the opening band. So we played it like, I want to say like 10 in the morning. Yeah. And we're like, Oh man, it's going to be lame. You know, nobody's going to be here at 10 in the morning. <laughs> and it. We got there at, like, 8, and there was a line of, like, 20,000 people. Jeez, man. And That's so crazy. And so we played. It was at the oh – man, what's that park called? I don't remember what the park was called. But – Yeah. So there's just a ton of people. We're opening for, like, Alien Ant Farm and Edema. Yeah. And we played, and there – I mean, there was just so many people. It was insane as far as yeah. I could see. So it was, you know, it was really a dream come true. Yeah. And then after the show, we were signing autographs for, like, five hours. I had to oh, – we sold, man. like – you know, a couple hundred CDs, I had to go home and get more. That's and crazy. the big bands like Edema and Alien Farm were like,
0: who the hell are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, they're the local
1: band. And oh, so it was, it was insane. I mean, that was really when it was like, you know, just going crazy.
0: Yeah. So was that uh, S'more Core? Did you record that in a
1: studio? Yeah, we recorded that at uh, Alien Audio.
0: Okay. And then we after had, that, uh, Adam
1: Bomb. Uh, you know who Adam is right in the faction. I know.
0: No, I don't. I know oh, the name.
1: Okay, so he was in the faction with uh-huh. um, Steve Caballero. They were right. like the first skate skate punk band. Yeah, yeah. So they were huge. I honestly, gotcha. I didn't really know him either because, you know, I, I started out with Green Day and B- Bad Religion in the '90s, yeah. and then I knew yeah. Fat Records, so I didn't know a lot of stuff from the '80s. Yeah. To be honest. And, uh, but he produced, um, we were recording, he was recording everybody at that time. So we did a demo with him when Eric was still in the band. So we changed all our members and he was like, well, and we recorded another demo. And then he um, produced this on S'morecore.
2: Yeah, I got you.
1: And, but we were in the studio and, you know, it's one of the things that you just kind of live and learn. But we spent a ton of money to go in the studio. And if we would have just recorded at his house, we'd have done it for a tenth of the price, and it probably would have sounded better. Uh, but, you know, yeah. I, want, yeah. I wanted to be in a big studio and feel like I would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, this is how it's done. Oh, absolutely. I didn't man. know at the time that... You know, the person you're recording with is 10 times more important than the studio, so. Yeah, absolutely. And Vic, you know, Vic couldn't play to a click. I didn't know what key was. You know, none of my solos were in key. So it was like a crash course on, like, okay, you know, because we were always (laughs) just having fun. My thing was I didn't want to learn anything. I didn't want to learn how to play guitar. I didn't want a second guitar player that knew more than me. I just wanted to keep it raw, like, this is... You know, I, I felt very personal about my songs. I wanted um, them to only be me and right, and just, like, be real raw. And, you know, and that's a huge regret, too, is, yeah, you know, then you find out 10 years later, you know what, maybe we should have tried to be a little bit better musicians. Yeah.
2: But so he, yeah. uh, you know, he Live taught me
1: a lot about guitar um, and got Vic playing to a click, but unfortunately yeah. it was all after we recorded, but... Yeah. But from there on, then I was like, okay, you know what? We got. If I'm gonna be recording CDs, I need to work a little harder at yeah, at a, for sure, making sure we're better at playing our instruments.
0: Oh, where was Blackbear recorded?
1: That was recorded with Frank Klopaki. Um mm-hmm. and we did some of the songs at his house and some in a studio. But yeah, yeah, he he's an awesome guy. He was real smart. Um, West
0: Jay was a, drumming on that?
1: Yeah, it so was Jay drumming. Okay. Um, we actually had written most of the songs with um, Logan.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he was only 17, and we were like, I don't know, I was probably 23 maybe. Yeah, yeah. And he was a really good drummer. He came up with some cool beats, like, you know, the Way the Flags is kind of one of our biggest songs, and uh, he incorporated, yeah. like, going away from, like, straight punk beats to, like, incorporating yeah. different kinds of beats, like almost hip-hop. Yeah. Um... But he, you know, he wasn't ready to be in a band on tour and whatnot. Yeah. And then, and Jay was, and, you know, Jay's one of the best drummers I've ever met in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got to jam with him a couple times. and Yeah, he's I re- insane. regret not being able to be in a band with him. It just didn't work out. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, he, he's so he's,
1: good. <laughs> he's absolutely insane. and yeah. And back then... Nobody worked harder at their craft than he did. He was awesome. on his drums all day long. Yeah. And when we were touring, he was playing on his pad all day long, you know. Wow. Um, so that's he crazy. really brought us to another level. Yeah. Um, and then Gene was very good on bass as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of when I felt like we came into our own. And gotcha. And got to the point, And then that's when we were playing big shows and... We were, I mean, we played every day, and then we toured, and we just got real tight, and yep. kind of developed our sound, and really started to get a following and whatnot. Yeah. So So what what was after that? Old school. Yeah, we did the old school with kind of same lineup. Um, and, and that we did was just that with a year Coltab- later. Yeah, and that was kind of just there was a few songs that had never got recorded and we're like oh let's record this and the cover yeah. and uh redoing one or two songs that we felt could have been done better yeah life sucks and then you die so sit around and talk sit around and cry another stupid girl got you down again had another plane and lost another friend why can't i stay why can't i stay it's a no for longer than a day And we did that with Klopaki too. The funny thing about Klopaki, I don't know if you've ever played uh, Command and Conquer. Mm -mm. (laughs) So it's this old video game. Yeah. And that's where he kind of got his claim to fame Uh, was uh, making all the music for old video games. There was a big uh, video game company in Vegas at the time. That's crazy. And and so he did all that. He was also in Home Cooking, which was like funk kind of band. So he's very talented. Uh, Play everything. Yeah. Uh, So we did those two, and that's when we were, like, starting to do really big tours. Like, we did three months, and we did, like, Warp Tour for a month. And, you know, we were just playing an awful lot at that time. My first kid on the way, kind of getting back from that big tour we were a little burnt out, took a little break, and then I had my kid, and then that's when kind of life got serious. You know, my first son was born with special needs, you know, almost died, and... He was in the hospital for many months and you know cerebral palsy yeah. and yeah all kinds of stuff so i really didn't know what i was dealing with but i was kind of going through a hard time at that time yeah and, and kind of wasn't focusing on the band as much as i had had been done you know the band was my yeah. number one focus for like right. eight years and then all of a sudden i was yeah. just kind of like thrown for a loop
0: yeah kind of put the brakes on and concentrate on something else
1: yeah I mean we were he was in the hospital, NICU. he was born at under two pounds, so wow, jeez, we were in the hospital every day for like three months, so yeah. obviously, I wasn't worried about touring or playing shows yeah. at the time. I yeah, think I totally. probably blew off a few shows and just was in a bad headspace at that time, so
0: man, crazy. how did um warp tour stuff come about?
1: yeah, that was all insane um um, shortly after Jay joined or maybe even right before uh, Brian Saliba uh-huh. ended up being our manager and he was um, no kidding <laughs> yeah and he's I mean he's awesome dude he's the he was basically putting on all the big shows in Vegas you know at the Huntridge and uh, right. he did all the Red White and Booms and Extreme Things and yeah, that kind of stuff so he was able to get us on a lot of the big shows we probably owe a lot to him yeah um, and he knew a lot of people in the industry from setting their bands up with shows so he helped us get on different shows um we got to meet um man what's the warped tour guy's name
0: oh um
1: kevin kevin lyman Yeah, Uh, yeah sorry my brain doesn't work very good anymore um so yeah so we got to hang out with me and brian hung out with kevin lyman he was out here doing some kind of seminar thing so we hung out with him and i gave him our album and he decided to put us on the Kevin Lyman Says stage, which is one of the smaller stages. And so we got to play, like, a month of warp Tour. And, I mean, that was just an awesome experience. We were on stage with, uh, we were playing every day with My Chemical Romance. No kidding. Before they got big. It was, like, yeah. right before they blew up. And <laughs> we're playing, like, all throughout Texas. You know, and we're, yeah. we're kind of normal dudes. We're wearing... Yeah. Normal clothes, and those guys were, like, all about the image, you know, where right. de- their hair was all crazy. That yeah. was kind of when emo was coming about. Yeah, and, yeah. And they were wearing, like, all black. And we're in Texas, and it's, like, 110 degrees, and these guys are, like, <laughs> decked out. And so we're kind of making fun of them a little bit. We're, like, look at these guys. And then, yeah. like, a month later, they're just freaking huge. Just gigantic. <laughs> what, I mean, they,
0: what year was that?
1: Uh, that would have probably Around. been maybe, like, 2003. Yeah. Two thousand two, somewhere in there. Yeah, but yeah. It was, so
0: you guys, I mean, you guys had you had to take your own van and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So we
1: had our own yeah. van. We had one roadie. We'd all, yeah. you know, I'd end up probably driving most of the time. So I mean, it was. Yeah. And after that, we were kind of burnt out because that was a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, that's you a know, lot of work. those guys have, you know, all the big bands like No Effects and Better Religion were playing, and it was awesome to get to see those guys and we're eating lunch back there and like. Uh man, what's that actress who had a band for a while? Um
0: The Bacon Ju- Brothers.
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Juliet Lewis and yeah, the yeah. Licks or yeah, something. Yeah, and the Licks. So we're man, sitting there next to her back eating back then. and then Fat Mike's That's over there crazy. and we're like, man, this is awesome. We're hanging out with all yeah. these cool people. We were hanging out with Guttermouth a lot at that time. Yeah. Um so that was through
0: the- Texas?
1: And yeah, where we else? did we went from well, we were on tour for like three months and we did like the north northern United States by ourselves. And yeah. then when we got down to Florida, we did from like Florida all the way to San Diego on Tour. Wow Jeez. But you know, these guys got drivers, they're yeah. you know, we're driving ourselves yeah. twelve hours to the next show and then playing, and it's like hundred and ten degrees. We don't have air conditioning yeah. in our van. Oh god, dude, that's so, so rough. It was amazing times and a lot of fun, but it was also like. So was it like?
0: Were you guys like, all right, we've we got to leave right after we play. We're not going to make the next date, or did you guys have time to like try to sell merch and stuff like that? I mean, we
1: definitely sold a lot of merch. um, Yeah, and we would try and you know, obviously those are all our favorite bands: Bad Religion, No Effects, and Pennywise, and all those bands. So we would watch them when we can, but sometimes yeah, we had to leave right away or. You know, just depended on where the next show was. But
0: Yeah. Did you guys ever cut it close,
1: like almost not make it? Or mm-hmm. were you
0: guys pretty responsible?
1: I think we made all our all those shows on that tour. We definitely had a few times like uh we were supposed to play some show and like And this is before like cell phones were real big. Yeah. Like we had yeah. cell phones, but they didn't have right. They didn't have maps on them, you know? So so we would print out like all the map quests before we'd leave to figure out where we're going. And one time, and it was totally on me, we were playing Ogden, Utah, and I put in the address for Orem. And if you know anything about Utah, every damn city has the same um, locations. You know, they have like Main Uh, Street and First Street. And then it's like a grid system. So we're driving all over the city (laughs) trying to find this place. And yeah. we couldn't even call the guy to be like, "Hey, where the you know where the heck are we?" So we missed a show that way, and we missed a show like going to Cheyenne. We had to yeah. or we were trying to go. Th- we had, drove through Yellowstone, and like half the park was on fire. So it took us oh, like twelve gosh. hours. Wow. So we were we were pretty good. We didn't miss too many shows, but yeah. there was a few where we couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah, but so yeah, the after, warp Tour was awesome, and um, yeah. and oh, the other thing before. All that is um, a few years before that, we met the guys who made bum fights. Yeah. And so they came up to us at a show, and we're like, hey, we want to use some of your music in a video. Yeah. And we're like, oh, cool. Well, we thought it was going to be like a skate video or something. Right. Because <laughs> a lot of people were starting to use our music and like skate and surf videos yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And so they came to us like two months later at another show and like, hey, we got that video done. We want you guys to come see it. And so we go to their house and we're hanging out with them and they show us the video and it's this bum fights video. Just basically, we got like bums to fight and do like jackass type shit. Yeah. And into in the box and flipping chairs over and doing all kinds of crazy shit. I was like, oh man, this is not what I was thinking you guys were going to (laughs) do. So I told them, I was like, man, you guys are either going to make a million dollars or you're going to go to jail. Yeah. (laughs) And I was right on both accounts. (laughs) because they made a million dollars and they all went to jail (laughs) but uh but the the plus and for us was they used a couple of our songs and it ended up selling like three million copies wow and so that's when like everyone in like a lot of people in europe knew about us and we were um just selling cds all over the world it was pretty crazy Yeah. So that was a good thing and a bad thing. I wasn't super proud to be a part of it, to be honest. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, I've always – I was going to school to be a teacher, and, you know, I've just always kind of tried to be a positive person. Yeah. And I just – I didn't really love it, but at the same time, it was also, like, getting a lot of people to hear our band. So it was kind of a catch-22.
0: So did you guys have, like, a mail order, you know – were you selling CDs through the mail? Like, yeah, to so I was
1: because of this. Yeah, we're selling CDs all over the country. Um, my brother That's made crazy. a video for us on pu- for puppet show, and it had oh. over a million hits on it, which was just oh, insane wow. because that yeah. was a song that was on Bum Fights. Yeah. But at the time, you know, we didn't know to like. There's like no monetization or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, and then we started getting. Um, I'd signed with a company called Pump Audio. Uh and they were putting our music on MTV all the time. So we were, like, on Tony Hawk's Cribs and Bam Margera and, like, all these behind-the-musics. So our music was on MTV, like, every single day, but it it didn't say Happy Campers. So, Uh. unfortunately, like, it made us some money, and that's how we ended up recording some of our CDs down the road, but it didn't really give us, like, you know, had it said Happy Campers, maybe more people would have been able to discover us, but... You know, it was still pretty cool when you see uh, Tony Hawk's Cribs and then you hear one of your songs that we were just. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, (laughs) it was crazy. And then one (laughs) day I was sitting with my uh, wife and my friends and we were playing a board game and had like MTV on the background. And it was like Limp Biscuits Behind the Music. Yeah. Or Fred Durst, I think. Yeah. And then, (laughs) you know, we're not even paying attention. We're playing a game. And then all of a sudden we hear, we hear one of our, you know, we hear the the rift of voices and we're like, what the hell? We're like, oh man, we're on M T V. And we're like, oh man, it's for Fred Durst. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man,
0: that's crazy. That's cool. So so after you kind of uh you know were dealing with family life and stuff, and then you started to regroup with campers, how did how did that go? 'Cause you went you did the death and mourning, right?
1: yeah so a few we we slowed down quite a bit at that time, yeah, yeah. um, I mean, we were still playing shows and doing our thing, but that yeah. was also kind of when punk was I don't know if it was getting like played out or yeah. people were moving on to like hardcore- like some people started getting into hardcore mm-hmm. and some people were getting into emo and whatnot, and the shows kind of started just not being the same, really. we were uh, playing with different kinds of bands um. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, my family stuff was going on. So I had lost focus a little bit. And yeah. Gene was, uh, Gene and Jay were talking about moving to California. Yeah. And kind of moving on with their life. And then, um, but I was always doing it. And uh, Gene ended up moving to California. And then Ernie came back in and started playing bass. Okay. And we started to record Death and Mourning. Yeah. And we did that with Adam Bomb again. And, okay. this time, and this time we did it at his house. We'd learned our lesson. Oh, gotcha. We <laughs> so so did it for a lot less. Um, he really worked with me, you know, on where I wasn't as strong in guitar and yeah. stuff. He added keyboard and piano to some songs, and he really let me, like, just go crazy on vocals because my favorite yeah. thing to do is, like, making harmonies and backups. Yeah. And so yeah. he was just like, you know, flat fee, not very much, and just go crazy. Do what you want to yeah. do. And That's I just awesome. went crazy and and just harmonies upon harmonies. and uh yeah. I'm really happy with that. How how that album came out. I mean, it obviously, yeah. wasn't done in a a major studio, but I don't think it yeah. could have been any better than having been in a major studio.
0: Right. And so you guys were still playing shows to promote to promote that album and stuff, but the scene was changing.
1: Yeah, it just wasn't. You know, we weren't playing the ten thousand people shows, and yeah, um, we were still around. We were always playing shows, and we yeah. you know we had big crowds. You know. Yeah you know most bands would be stoked to be playing to 2 or 300 people yeah, so no you know we were still doing that and sometimes it was less and sometimes more but um we were playing quite a bit um Ernie was playing and then Gene came back like halfway through the recording yeah so that recording is like half the bass is Ernie and half the bass is Gene yeah and that album came out and i just was like man this is an awesome album and it was it had some More mellow, you know, a couple acoustic songs and some more mellow stuff. Yeah. So I've always, I love punk, but I've always been into singing more. Yeah. So I think we're a little more vocally based than most punk bands. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm not, you know, and I love, I love acoustic. And so I just really kind of experimented with doing some acoustic songs and less, less punk songs, more kind of rock songs. Yeah you know, obviously punk tinged, but, um, so I was really happy with how that album came out. But at that point we had always like each album was bigger and bigger and we were playing bigger shows and everything was kind of going up. And at that point I was like, okay, this album is even better than the last album. So everything should be going in the same trajectory. Right. But it just didn't, you know, um, like I said, you know, punk rock wasn't as big. We weren't working quite as hard. And yeah, and people were just kind of getting into different things at that point I think.
0: Yeah. So so after this album was that kind of like were you thinking like well maybe this is it, maybe you we're th- going to throw in the towel?
1: Yeah, I don't know really know. I was kind of a, a mess there and then um yeah. you know, and then I had another son uh-huh. and uh was getting in family mode, but we always played, we just kind of accepted it that like okay, this is kind of how it is now. Yeah. And it was hard at first, you know, when you're playing to a thousand people for five years, you know. Yeah. And then you're playing to fifty people at a bar. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little different. But yeah. we got used to it and we just like, look, this is what we love to do. And yeah. this is just how it is now. And I love playing. I don't want to stop. Yeah. So let's just have fun with it and keep doing what we're doing. So that's kind of how it was. We went from playing a bunch of all ages shows and then we kind of transit. And you know how Vegas is, you were out here around that time. So yeah, yeah. it's like all there is to play is is basically uh bar shows. Yeah. So that yeah. was in a punk was getting older. Yeah. So you're playing the double down and and bars. We still, yeah. you know, played skate shows and all ages whenever we could, but Yeah. It definitely had changed quite a bit.
0: How did Rob get into the band and wasn't Chad Chad from Battleborn, is that his name, right? Yeah. So right How'd around that time,
1: in? Gene was getting ready to leave for a second time and Jay was yeah. actually talking about leaving as well. Yeah. To California. They both were like dead set and living in yeah. California. So um last minute, they were both gonna leave. And I was like, Well, maybe I'll come out there and we'll do the next album or whatever. And Gene ended up moving out there and then Jay um ended up getting married, so He stayed out here. (laughs) Uh, So then we needed a new bass player, and we had been jamming a lot with uh, Rob, and uh, even Gene was like, "You know, if you guys are gonna replace me, I want you to be Rob." Yeah. (laughs) So and he means you know him. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. Um, very talented and uh, just a great personality. And he kind of injected a little bit of life into us because he was quite a bit younger. Yeah. And he was like, ah, let's, you know, do this. And it kind of gave us a little bit of fire going again. (laughs) Right. And at that time, I kind of had hit a wall as a guitar player. You know, I was never great to begin with. Yeah. But my focus was everyone else was trying to be super intricate and, like, really, you know, solos everywhere. And I didn't want that. I didn't want our songs to be that way. I wanted them to be the focus to be the vocals and the songs. Yeah. And at that point I was like, okay, I've kind of done this and now there's things that I can't do. You yeah. Know? I want to try something different. Um, and so we decided, hey, let's get a guitar player. And so Chad, we had always played with Battleborn a ton. Yeah. And I liked Chad quite a bit. And so yeah. we were like, hey, you wanna come jam with us? So he was playing with us and we had started working on the new album. And it was going yeah, it went really well. It was a lot of fun. We were doing four and they're both Amazing singers. Yeah, I mean, obviously they both sing yeah. for their band, and now, you know, Rob's yeah. doing Frank's and Dean's now, and you know he's yeah. a great singer. So it was really fun, and Jake can sing. So we were doing like these four part harmonies, yeah, and it was just like that. this whole other thing that was just man, this is awesome. Yeah, it was. And then when I um,
0: saw you guys like doing all those backups and stuff, it always was like Bad Religion style for me. You know, it was like wow.
1: Yeah, and that's I mean that's my favorite band. So yeah. Um. Yeah, so that was just a lot of fun and kind of, even though it's been this Happy Campers for, you know, what, 20, almost 25 years, I guess 25 years now, this year, yeah. in a few months, um, it's basically been different bands with yeah. me, me singing and me writing. So right. the songs sound very similar because it's the same writer and singer, yeah but um it's, you know, we had like these different, we had the Campfire songs line up. We had the S'morecore lineup. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, and then the next two albums, Me, Gene, and Jay, and then we had okay. Now it's four piece. Yeah. So it was kind of like being in a new band, like getting to figure out, you know, two part guitar harmonies and yeah, and all that. But Chad was, um, and it went well for quite a while, and we were getting pretty close to recording. And then Chad was kind of, you know, he was Battleborn was his baby. Yeah. And he was getting married and doing some had some life stuff going on, and it was yeah. like he just couldn't really handle um the kind of commitment that we were like really ready to kick it into high gear again, yeah, and so he had to step aside, and that's when we got bill, yeah, and he's an i mean he's an amazing guitar player, so yeah, it worked out good, and then that's when you know we kind of had all this money sitting in the bank from um from all, you know, all the royalties for being on all the MTV stuff. Right. And we yeah. never spent it because yeah. we weren't doing anything. So it yeah. just kind of built up. And then we had like 10 grand in there. And I was just kind of like, man, I've, you know, we made a few mistakes on every recording and I really just want to, just really want to go for it. Yeah. And we had the lineup to do it. You know, everyone was amazing yeah, totally. at their instruments. And so i a few flyers. <laughs> so we were looking at either um, what's the place in Colorado where the descendants own Blasting Room. So we looked at Blasting Room, and then we looked at Ryan Green, who happened to be yeah. in Hollywood at the time. Yeah. And so we had the option to do either, but we were gonna, you know, we were gonna have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I talked to Ryan Green, and I sent him our demos, and he was like, "Yeah, this, yeah, this would be cool." So it worked out. We went out and visited yeah. him when we were on tour in California. And yeah. checked out his studio and and that was that and we got ready to record Dancing with Demons
0: So tell me about that experience because, I mean, Ryan Green, I mean, that's – we all grew up on his music. Yeah, Yeah. his
1: royalty. I mean, he recorded every good Fat Wreck albums. He worked on Better Religion. He worked with Jay-Z, everybody. I mean, so um, I think we were all a little starstruck in the very beginning, but I was still very focused on, like, I knew – the album I wanted to make, you know? Yeah. Um, we had to chop a few songs off because, you know, just budget wise working yeah. with him was more than, so we could only do 10 songs. Um, and it was awesome. The first couple of weeks, you know, just being around him, soaking up the, the knowledge, like, yeah, he's just amazing to work with and everyone killed it. You know, Jay went in and blew it out of the water. All the guys did. Um, yeah. and, uh, Everything was going great. I started recording some of the vocals. And then we, like, ran out of time. And he had all these other projects that he had to go to. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden, we weren't working. Yeah. It was like, we put in, like, a month on the album. And then we were, like, in limbo for, I want to say, six months or maybe even a year. We, like, didn't even get to work on it. And I was, I was, I mean, honestly, I was pretty pissed. Because yeah. we were spending a lot of money, yeah, exactly. And I felt like I, I'm like, look, I get it. We're not no use for a name or um, yeah, these other bands, but we gave you an awful lot of money, <laughs> yeah. And we were kind of get kept getting pushed back and back and back. And then um, we we talked and we worked it out and we fin- ended up finishing it. Yeah. We ended up having to do the backup vocals with uh, Adam again, so we always come back to Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we did all the backups and we brought him in and then he mixed it. And then, and w- like we didn't even know, we didn't have a recording of it. So we didn't even know how to play our own songs because oh, we had gosh. changed a bunch of stuff in the studio. Yeah. yeah. And then he finally sent us the demos and we were like, I mean, like the rough recording and we we're just blown yeah. away. We we're like, oh my God. So then wow. we learned how to play our songs again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, then he finished the CD and I mean, I don't think there it could be any better. I, yeah, to me it was like this is the best I could have possibly done to put out a CD. So,
0: did you guys? Did he have gear and stuff that you guys used, or did you guys use all your own gear?
1: Um, we mostly used our own stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jay's meticulous about his drums. So yeah, for sure, he used all his stuff. I think he maybe brought in a guitar or two. Yeah. Okay. And we played. I just didn't
0: know. Like, he's got such a certain sound, you know. I didn't know if he like used all his own stuff all the time. Well, obviously, it's
1: a lot of it's in how he mics drums and whatnot. Like, I mean, he's probably most known for his drum sound. Yeah. And like, I was recording stuff, trying to like, you know, um, to you know soak in the whole experience and videotape it. I kind of got into like videoing and editing my own videos and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's like. Yeah, you can do whatever, but I don't put your mics or don't record how my mics are set up and all that because uh, he has his own. You know, he has his own tricks. Yeah, yeah. so we respected that, but um, it came out uh, just amazing. I was really happy That's with awesome. it. That's awesome. The I mean, yeah, the only, it does
0: sound good, man. It, it's an amazing album for sure.
1: Yeah, and the only bad thing is is it took so long that it it kind of took the wind out of us a little bit. Yeah, because we were sitting around for a year, like. Okay, we've recorded this album yeah. and we we can't finish it. It was like 90% yeah. done. Yeah. So, it was a little frustrating in that respect, but the end result, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. We, it came out amazing and uh yeah. he was it, and he was awesome to work with. You know, in between takes, he's joking with us and yeah. telling us stories. You know, Tony Sly just died, and No Use is one of my favorite bands, and yeah. he's telling us stories about recording with them and and, oh, geez, and No Effects awesome. and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. just the just sitting to get to hang out with him was yeah part of the treat of it, also.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if I could record with him because I'd be such a fanboy and be asking him so many questions. You know, and that's
1: what was funny. So we came in <laughs> early, me, Jay, and uh, Bill. And started laying out all the, you know, Jay did all the drums, yeah, and then me and Bill were doing the guitars, and then Rob came in a couple days later, and you know Rob's younger, yeah, and he's golf struck is all hell, (laughs) and so we we convinced uh, Ryan to call him like, oh man, I wish I could remember what he called him, but like, yeah, something stupid, (laughs) and so Ryan's like, are you ready to record? (laughs) and rob's just like what (laughs) and and then rob did an awesome job of course yeah so that's cool but it was just funny he was messing with everyone so it was a great experience um but again it was kind of the same thing as the last cd it was (laughs) like man this cd is amazing like i see i see this cd as good as like you know what bands that are on major labels and yep. you know obviously like fat wreck and stuff i felt yeah. I'm like this is better than some of the bands yeah you know for sure. and you know i don't i'm not not trying to sound conceited or anything um, no i agree with it's, you it's it's i love my music and you know and i'm and other bands are awesome too but i just felt like i'm like this album is as good as some of these other bands albums yeah um so maybe something big will happen and, and it's kind of same thing it just didn't yeah um you know, we played, we toured, and played some good shows. And but now everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's got family. Everyone's got kids. And you know, and then Robin yeah. or uh, Jay ended up moving up to Reno. Yeah. So his wife could finish college, and Rob started doing Frank's and Deans, and Bill just had a kid, and I just had yeah. my third child. So it was kind of like everyone was kind of pulled in different directions. Yeah.
0: Well, I. Uh I always thought I don't know, it was a it was a weird experience for me, like being here and kind of um seeing you guys way back in the day and then moving to Vegas and then playing with you guys and then jumping into it. like my band now, I'm with uh Jason Pearl who was in Even Ground. I love and, that dude. Yeah, me too, man. And then He's I'm awesome. you know, great friends with you know, Chris from Even Ground and his new band and I jammed with Jay. It was like this weird I don't know, this huge weird punk circle for me and I was always like happy campers were always a part of it. So That's always, kinda how it is. Always, like always everyone's to you guys, man. It was,
1: we've gone through so many members and yeah. uh you know, just been around that everyone's like you know, either been in happy campers or been in yeah. a band with somebody yeah. in happy campers. So it's like
0: this huge family. It's cool. I yeah. totally dig it.
1: And that's how I feel. I mean, like a lot of people think, oh, you know, somebody leaves the band like there's a big falling out or anything yeah, and yeah. nine times out of 10, it wasn't like that. It was like, Hey, I'm going to go do college. And it was like, all right, go do you. And then now I got to find someone to replace you. Yeah. So ha- would we have been able to accomplish a lot more with a solid lineup? Definitely. But you know, yeah. at the same time, I've got to meet having had like 15 members instead of three it's like I've got to have all these friends, and I'm still friends with, you know, pretty much everyone that's ever been yeah. in the band. And, you know, we go back to them. Like I said, Ernie's back in the band again. Vic did the artwork on the last album. You know, I yeah. I jam with Rob all the time. I hang out with Gene. And, uh, Jay, yeah. you know, Jay's bringing his kid down next week to... Uh, his kid and my kid play Minecraft all every day. <laughs> that's so cool. you know, it's just it's one big happy family. So Yeah, that's awesome. I mean I, I you know, there's obviously regrets along the way, but I'm pretty yeah. happy with how it all worked out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to work with Brian Green. You got to open up for some of your heroes of bands. Like it's you know, it's worth it, man. It's it, it's awesome.
1: Exactly. And that's yeah. one thing, like a lot of bands like didn't record and like I said, I wasn't a hundred percent super happy with some of the recordings but yeah they're out there you know it's my legacy it's my history and and it's my diary really because my writing has always been very personal yeah um so you can tell like okay what did 20 year old Isaac think what did 25 year old Isaac (laughs) think and you can look back and see it and you know I was always very honest with my lyrics so I feel like there's that
0: there you have it isaac from happy campers that dude rules man Uh, been playing shows with that guy for years campers were such an influence on me back in the day and uh i loved talking to isaac what a cool dude can't wait to hear the new stuff that originally came out january 30th 2021 and uh yeah you can go listen to the full show at justpunkenough.com with music and everything And um, thank you so much for listening to this. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Bye.